If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi, we are on Love. 99.5 FM affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on Kalia FM in Nakachi Radio Pando in Pando. We are on Jatai FM in Karaga and Radio Wine. While we are live on X Spaces, we are on Facebook, we are on MyJoyOnline.com. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. We are the only water storage tank with a level indicator and where Drua Plus goes, water always flows. This afternoon, Ghana stagnates on Corruption Perception Index, scores 43 for the fourth time as the Ghana Integrity Initiative says the country is not making any progress in the fight against corruption. The score has remained same since 2020. This, I must say, is worrying. And as we focus on the fight against corruption this afternoon, the special prosecutor has called on Ghanaians to rally in defense of the office against those seeking to dismantle it. We must dutifully care for and nurture this six-year-old child, which is the OSP, and not kill it. Let us mark her growth and development. Condemnation at this stage is wholly unwholesome. And as the Economic and Organized Crime Office steps up the fight against corruption, it is faced with a peculiar challenge. You have a lot of people making wild allegations, but when it comes to supporting the allegation with evidence, you won't even hear from them again. I have the very latest on the Cecilia Abnadapa case and the Yoko Angle. Also, Electoral Commission of Ghana proceeds with constitutional processes that will allow the 2024 general elections to be held in November this year, despite a pushback from the main opposition NDC. Almost about 60% of the parties said if it will be possible for the EC to go through the legal processes to have it implemented this year, let's go ahead. So if NPP says no or NDC says no, EC must still look at it to be able to make that particular case. And we don't need any engagement with government, just pay us our money. Labor unions to the government as they pledge to continue striking until their monies are paid. They know that money is supposed to pay. Right. You know that if you force it, they have to pay the same percentage on us. So why the engagement? So I want to put it on record that this one, you don't need any negotiation. There's no negotiation on this matter. We are not at the table to negotiate. So government will do well and release the money for our family. Then you get up to work. We have sports. GFA responds to Member of Parliament Samuel Okujeto Ablakwa on alleged $8.5 million budget for the Black Stars at the AFCON.
And also starting 1st February, accounts of mobile money agents not linked to Ghana cards will be blocked. We have details as the electronic money issuers nationwide have been giving until the close of business January 31 to coordinate with agents for the linking of your accounts. That and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. I am MFA Apau. Please do stay on for details. Many thanks for your company. This is your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. We're digging now, and Ghana has stagnated in the Corruption Perception Index CPI, scoring 43 out of 100 for the fourth time. Well, it has maintained the score since 2020. The country currently ranks 72nd out of 180 countries ranked in the world. This was captured in the report released by Transparency International. Well, the CPI 2023 scores and ranks 180 countries and territories by the perceived levels of public sector corruption. In the case of Ghana, the CPI draws upon nine data sources that capture the assessment of two experts and business executives on several corrupt behaviors in the public sector. Here's Mariada. She's executive director of Ghana Integrity Initiative. The CPI for 2023 scored Ghana 43 out of a clean score of 100 and ranked 70th out of 180 countries and territories included in this year's index. In fact, the score has remained same since 2020. This, I must say, is worrying because an analysis of the data spanning four years for six African countries that had stagnated revealed that 67% of them, that's four out of six, dropped in subsequent years after stagnating for such a long time. It is imperative to acknowledge the profound impact of corruption on society. The consequences of corruption are evident and needless deaths in our hospitals show. We see accidents on our roads on a daily basis as a result of shoddy roads which emanate from some of the contracting processes. We see Galamse remaining a relevant issue on our discourse because we have not fought the canker of corruption as we should. Well, let me bring in Joy News editor um, Elton Brobe to take a look at this particular breakdown. Elton, first, what are the key areas the report captured, you say? So, according to the Transparency International, the issue of bribery, diversion of public funds, officials using their public office for private gain, ability of government to contain corruption in the public sector, excessive red tape in public sector, which may increase opportunities for corruption, nepotistic appointments in the public service, law laws ensuring that public officials must disclose their finances and potential conflict of interest, legal protection for people who have report cases of bribery and corruption, as well as state capture by narrow vested interest. So these are the areas mm. that the interviewed people own. 43 out of 100, we are ranked 72nd. Is mm. the Ghana situation that bad? Well, according to the GI, Ghana scored 43, as you rightly mentioned, better than nine, 39 other sub-Saharan African countries, including Burkina Faso, South Africa, Cote d'Ivoire, Tanzania, and Lesotho, while seven countries, including Mauritius, Namibia, Sao Tome, and Principe, uh, performed better than Ghana.
Well, the local chapter of Transparency International, that's the Ghana Integrity Initiative, while announcing also had some recommendations. What are they? They say that the executive should urgently take steps to lay the conduct of public officers' bill in Parliament, ensuring that provisions on asset declaration requires verification and come with severe sanction for non-compliance, while GIA also calls on the, leg the legislature to attach an equal level of agency in a timely passage. The executive and legislature, according to them, must also take steps to bridge the legal gap necessary for the prosecution of elected corruption cases outside our current legal framework. These anti-corruption framework include unexplained wealth, influence peddling, and all aspects of ANCADA's anti-corruption coalition among others. And government also give the justice system the resource and transparency it needs to effectively punish all corrupt offences. Okay. Joining News Editor Elton Broby there giving us details. Well, there's a roundtable discussion currently underway and the Special Prosecutor, also the Economic and Organised Crime Office are all participating in that. And my colleague Kenneth Jesse is there for joining us. Joins us on the line with details. So, Kenneth, the OSP is making the case for a special court to deal with corruption. Tell why? Well, the OSP is saying that uh, uh, during his t tenure as the OSP, the execution of corruption cases has been a bit like a basical. He's not been able to, uh, you know, found anybody culpable. So he's calling for the establishment of an anti-corruption court, specifically made for corruption cases. People who are found culpable of engaging in corruption should be in such courts and the process should be very swift so that it deters people who engage in the act of corruption and also expressed his disappointment in Ghana's latest ranking on the Corruption Perception Index. And he has a special call on Ghanaians to rally in defense of the office? Yes, he has. He said, uh, you know, he wants the support of all Ghanaians. He's calling on all Ghanaians to support his office to be able to prosecute persons who are found culpable in engaging in the act of corruption. And that's my colleague Kenneth Jesse there giving us updates on this. I'll give you more from that call from the special prosecutor. But two key state institutions at the forefront of the fight against corruption, the Office of the Special Prosecutor and the Economic and Organized Crime Office have been speaking. First, the special prosecutor, Kisie Jabing, is rallying public support against individuals seeking to dismantle the six-year-old entity. He spoke at that particular roundtable. Not infrequently, we hear calls. A lot of the time from very high places that the OSP should be scrapped and that serves no useful purpose. On another score, there have been and there are attempts to discredit the office and its principal officers unfairly and unjustly alongside formidable resistance and pushback. A careful examination of the reasons for the cause to do away with the OSP suggests that they are made without reference to the actual performance of the office in its six years of existence, and that the cause are born mainly of the teething challenges confronting the establishment of the office. Yet it bears reflecting that the creation and establishment of every institution come with the like circumstances of the pangs of childbirth and the raw emotion and anxiety of raising a child. These are natural. And the ordinary circumstances of mankind dictate that we must dutifully care for and nurture this six-year-old child, which is the OSP, and not kill it. 
That's a special prosecutor, Kisie Jabing. Earlier, he was at the GII, now at the CDD roundtable discussion. Also at the roundtable, um, the executive director at Yoko, Mamiya Tiwa Adodankwa, says her office has been left frustrated with lack of evidence to prosecute the many issues that come to her. Evidence gathering is one of the challenges that we face. You have a lot of people making wild allegations, but when it comes to supporting the allegation with evidence, you won't even hear from them again. But the point is that it's not about because you say something, and it is not about how many media houses are carrying on that allegation. It, has, it is about your ability to put credible evidence together that will be presented to a judge for prosecution. And remember, the judges are not listening to whatever that is being said in the social media. So when you have a case where the person has been tried, convicted in the court of public opinion, and at the end of the day, you are unable to gather the kind of evidence that will happen at the court, then the public will say that no, the institution is either not working well or there's something wrong with it. Because that's the executive director of Yoko, Mamiya Tiwa Adodankwa. You recall last week that uh, on the Cecilia de Parkes, a special prosecutor held a press conference and mentioned that he's referred to this particular case uh, to Yoko. What's the latest on this? My colleague Elton Brobe is still with me in the studios. So let's talk about that directive first um, to the OSB to return seize cash um, to Cecilia Abnadapa. So if I remember that last week when the OSB discontinued all cases against Manasisila Dapa, the court directed that the OSB should take steps to, re- to return the money, 590,000 US dollars and 2.8 million Ghana cities. So also takes her to the freeze uh, some some bank accounts that the OSB had frozen in the name of Madam Cecilia Dapa. What we are picking this morning is that the OSP has complied with the court directive and they've returned mm. the amount of money to Madam Cecilia Bar. The OSP uh, uh, was at this roundtable uh, program organized by CDD and he was asked about the next step in terms of the investigation regarding Madam Cecilia Dapa. Just like he mentioned at the news conference last week that they have alerted Yoko about a possible money laundering allegation. They've taken steps to ensure that they provide Yoko with all the necessary assistance to help them uh, go into the bottom of this matter. Of an investigation. This is not the first time this is happening. It's only because this is a very sensitive uh, uh, case in which the public is so much interested. That is why you're hearing of it and that is why we had to do a, a public announcement of it. So in respect of this particular matter, after seven months of investigation, it seemed to us that it was more in relation to something which the OSP did not have a direct mandate by law. And so if we were to go ahead to still keep the case with us and be investigating it, we, we're just wasting time. So the best possible outcome is to give it to the institution which has a direct mandate in respect of what it seemed to us that we were seeing for them to continue to take further actions. And the baton has been handed to Iyoko. What's the latest on it? What we have picked is that they only got the information last night. Mm. And so they are here to start work on the matter. But uh, the the Iyoko the boss, Mameya Dudankwa Tiwa, has been providing some response on this matter. When the issues come up and it comes out um, loudly, people will convict, try and convey the person in the court of public opinion. And most of the things that they talk about are suspicions. And suspicions is not that you can present to any court. So at the end of investigation, because you would have had this kind of 
Oh, the person is guilty. The person has done this. The person has done. In reality, you don't have that kind of evidence to support your case. It doesn't mean the person, the institution has done something to it. But you need to gather your evidence. And the standard that my friends who are learned will tell you is beyond reasonable doubt. So you don't go to court with suspicion. That's the executive director of Yoko, Mamiya Tiwa Adodankwa. Now let's focus on some other stories. And the Electoral Commission this afternoon says over 50% of political parties in Ghana approve of their proposal to hold this year's presidential and parliamentary elections a month earlier than the initially scheduled December 7 date. At an inter-party advisory committee, IPAC meeting yesterday, the main opposition, NDC, and some other political parties rejected the proposal from the election management body for polls to be opened in November instead of the conventional December timeline. Director of Elections and ICT for the NDC, Dr. Edward Omanibuama says the EC must be cautious with the approach. The overwhelming consensus was that considering all that the EC has to do between now and the next general elections, presidential and parliamentary, the EC will be biting more than it can chew as an institution if it wanted to add the legal parliamentary processes to change the date for the elections. In terms of the day of the election, it's something that we all discuss and we are all men and women of faith. But reacting to the concerns, the Electoral Commission says majority of political parties in Ghana approve of the proposal. Dr. Bosman Asari tells my colleague Blazet Sogan that this new timeline will allow the election management body to easily mobilize for a runoff in case uh, the polls end this year with no clear winner in the first round of elections. Based on what transpired yesterday, more of the political parties were supportive <laughs> of the change of the date from December to November. And more of them also expressed their view to the effect that if it will be possible for the EC to be able to implement it this year, that would be good. However, most of them also suggested that the process should take off. In the event we are not able to finish it this year, then the implementation will begin in 2028. So in principle, all the parties that attended IPAC yesterday were for it for 2028. But for 2024, almost about 60% of the parties, more than half of the parties, said if it would be possible for the EC to go through the legal processes to have it implemented this year, let's go ahead. And based, and, said, and, all and, of them were for. And, and based on, on that point, uh, do you see or estimate that the Electoral Commission may be able to uh, come, come through on all the legal requirements and changes that must happen to allow you to hold the elections in November? Yes, yes, very much so. Looking at our calendar, uh, we are pretty sure that we'll be able to do everything, whatever it takes to ensure that we go through the legal... You know, we are not, we are not the final determinants in that you go through the process with the AG to go to the parliamentary system through the first reading, the second reading in that manner. 
That's the Deputy Commissioner of the Electoral Commission, Dr. Bosman Asari, that's speaking to my colleague, Blessed Suga. Now, the striking um, tertiary workers are this afternoon rejecting any move for negotiations with the government. According to the National Chairman of the University Senior Staff Association, Isaac Donko, the release of their delayed funds is a sole resolution they seek. The leaders of the union are set to engage with government on February 1 to address concerns that triggered the ongoing industrial action by the senior staff, teachers and educational workers union, TEU, alongside the Ghana Association of University Administrators, while the national chairman of the university, um, senior Isaac Donko, in an interview with my colleague Benjamin Akapo on the AM show earlier this morning, insisted their return to work hinges solely on the government's fulfillment of its obligations. Is it true that my own Yes, that is true. Is it true that if you budget my mind, they have That is right. Is it also true that when you deduct the money, you have our fund manager? And that is also right. So why are you not releasing the money to the fund manager? You need me to engage me before you pay this money to the fund manager. You don't need me. You know the amount you're supposed to pay. Right. You know that if you forfeit, I have to pay the specific money. So why the engagement? So I want to put it on record that this one, you don't need any negotiation. There's no negotiation on this matter. We are not at the table to negotiate. So government should do well and release the money for our family. Meanwhile, labor expert Austin Gamma is calling on the government to engage the striking workers for a payment plan to settle the delayed pension funds. I've told you, the most vulnerable people in the world are teachers are born today who are helpless. And when people have come of age 70 and above and they are having problems, I guarantee you it is they are helpless. The word, the word helpless is charitable. So it is not something for an employer to decide what, what, what he or she likes to do. It is mandatory. It's a statutory, right? it's a statutory you know, provision. And so employers must make provisions for such monies when they are deducted to be forwarded to the farm managers without even thinking and blinking the eye over it. If you don't have the money, engage the people. While the back and forth continues, authorities at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology have closed down the university's basic school indefinitely as educational workers strike bite hard on campus. Here's the university relations officer, Dr. Norris Bequin, expressing the university's frustration over the unaddressed educational workers strike. So, so we, 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 we appeal for a quick resolution to the various issues that the various groups have raised. So that we, so that it doesn't affect the academic calendar of 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 of, of the year. We we reopen somewhere on the sixth uh, of January. We barely done about three weeks, and, and the way things are going, if we know if this thing lingers on, it might affect the academic calendar. Let's check on the situation on the ground. My colleague Nana Bwachi Adam has been to campus and joins us on the line. You've been interacting with some frustrated pupils and parents. How are they coping? Well, I remember due to the delay um, and instruction to close down the university's basic school, and parents and pupils who had returned to school this morning were asked to go back home. But the university has shut down the basic school temporarily up until the negotiations between the striking unions uh, are being addressed by government. Well, for the university relations officer, Dr. Norris Berquin, he's asking parents and people to bear with the university management um, to, to close down the university up until these concerns of the university, uh, of the striking unions, are being addressed. Painful as it is, um, 
the management has no other choice but to close down the basic school. And we know it's going to have effect on parents uh, because some of them um, are having to go to work. Uh, some have to attend to other businesses, uh, but they have to be home, which means that they have to look for other alternatives to, to take care of their kids at home. On that striking note, we take a quick break here on the Midday News, live on Joy, 99.7 FM here in Accra. In Kumasi, we are on Love, 99.5 FM. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience. It's also made possible by Duroplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes. We also have the only water storage tank with a level indicator in Ghana. Where Duroplus goes, water flows. We return from the break with sport and then start in first February accounts of mobile money agents not linked to Ghana cards will be blocked. We have details of that. Do stay. When budgets are tight and money difficult to come by, you want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> petrol source. Clean fuel in full quantity. into a new era of news consumption with myjoyonline.com your go-to destination for cutting edge journalism giving you the most credible stories from business to politics and from sports to entertainment myjoyonline.com introduces an upgraded news website meticulously designed to empower you with an enriched browsing experience like never before intuitive navigation navigate through an array of revamped categories that cater to all interests join the conversation with our interactive comments section get live tv and podcast of your favorite tv and radio shows on joy and adult platforms powerful search find any story with ease with a simple click access precisely what you're looking for experience the future of news browsing with myjoyonline.com Thanks for staying with us on the Midday News. Mubarak has the very latest in the world of sports. Thank you very much, MFANA. The Ghana FA has asked Member of Parliament for North Tongue, Samuel Okujato Ablakwa, to concentrate on his legislative duties and not get involved in football matters. The politician had alleged that an amount of $8.5 million was allocated for Ghana's participation at the AFCON. In response to the claim, GFA's Executive Council Member Nana Odrosafu says the MP lacks the moral authority to criticize the FA. Until nobody goes into Afghan for prize money, you're participating to win lorries. You're winning four times, you're winning eight times, you're winning seven times. That is the that is a priority. Okay. Okay. 
That's a GFA ESCO member, Nana Odru Safo. Back to you, my friend. Thank you very much, Mubarak. Now is the end of an era for the outgoing Chief of Defence Staff, Vice Admiral Seth Amwama. And uh, today, an event was organised for him by the IGP, Dr. George Kufudampari. At that event, he charged heads of security to offer same support they give him to his successor, Major General Thomas Opompipra, who is coming in. While speaking at that Guard of Honour, he also um, thanked the IGP for organising the event and first of its kind in the security services. He also applauded the security heads for what he calls the massive cooperation he enjoyed in executing duties during his three-year tenure. The fact that all the security services heads are here is a clear testimony of the unity of purpose among the security services. This is in sharp contrast to some occasional reports that we may read in the media about the rivalry amongst the security uh, services. We can now hear from the IGP, Dr. George Kofudampari, the host of the event. On the note of the police service, my colleagues at the leadership level and all the ranks and far at all the commands across the country want to appreciate you, Bibro, for a wonderful service and a wonderful collaboration that have existed between us as two, our two institutions. Now, starting 1st February 2024, accounts of mobile money agents that are yet to be linked to Ghana cards will be blocked. My colleague, Blessed Suga, joins me in studio with the details of statements issued from the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications. Let's talk about the details. Well, so the decision comes after the extensive discussion uh, with the leadership of the Ghana Revenue Authority. Uh, the directive uh, specifically mentions that, quote, all agents accounts with a Ghana card or without Ghana cards will be blocked on the 1st of February 2024. Now, the Ghana Chamber of uh, Telecom emphasized the relevant information regarding this exercise and uh, points out that this has been communicated directly to all affected agents and there's recourse uh, for the agents that may be affected. Uh, they can visit any of the operator outlets with their Ghana card or tax identification number to complete all the necessary linkages. Thank you very much, Blessed Suga. And let me bring in Jackie with the very latest on what's trending on social media. What are people talking about? Jackie? Well, MFR, a lot. A lot is trending. And of course, the Kumasi Traditional Council is trending. Twitterazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they've been sharing the opinion on um, the comments that he made and also the view that um, what the Traditional Council said. But then Guinness, Ghana has a new Guinness record holder, which has also sparked a whole conversation on people trying to attempt Guinness World Record. But MFA, mm -hmm. if you were to attempt any, which record would you try to? Read that on. Read that on. <laughs> oh, someone's already um, embarking on that, though. I'll beat that person. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right, but Sarkody also has a song, Motan, um, which was out a couple of months ago. But then he put a video out today where people are talking about it. But people are asking the question about the fact that Sarkody is always talking about hate. Mm. It looks like most of his hit songs are all about people hating on him and all that. But let's take a listen to this song. That your angels come. 